All right. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Hector Silva. We're here with Chris. Um, and we're live from San Francisco, California. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for inviting us and hosting us into your hometown. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, we're here with Chris uh, Livideus, Executive Director of IDSA. Like IDSA, like IDSA, like the big IDSA. IDSA. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're very excited. Yeah, this IDSA. We're very excited to be here. Um, you know, interviewing you and interviewing. Um, yeah, we're just having a conversation about you and uh, kind of your your upbringing and design and uh, your experiences so we can get started and um, let's get to know you Chris let's get to kind of dissect who you are and sure. uh, kind of where you come from all right well thanks for the offer to be here and um, it's their time and all the uh, advanced sketching crew it's a great honor for myself and I'm glad to be able to share what, what I did what I have done and then what we're doing by DSA with, uh, with your audience so uh, who am I uh, like Hector said, yeah, I'm the current executive director for IDSA. Um, previous to that, I'm, I'm an industrial designer. Um, I had lots of jobs over the years. Um, and through that entire time, I've been kind of, IDSA has been sort of my backbone mm -hmm. uh, from a volunteer standpoint, from a community standpoint. And um, now I'm fortunate to have an opportunity to really jump in and kind of help revision the organization for the next 10, 20, 50 years of success. So big challenge, but uh, it's exciting for sure. That's amazing. Um, and where did you, um, if you want to tell us about um, your, background. your background, your design, education, and how yeah. you got, I guess, here? Sure. So uh, I went to Auburn University for industrial design, and, and probably like a lot of folks, I have the typical story of didn't really know what industrial design was prior to, mm -hmm. to getting into school. Uh, but I was always drawing and, and creative in that manner, taking things apart, that kind of thing. Uh, and so I went to Auburn, I originally applied to be in architecture. Mm -hmm. And then during the first, like my first orientation uh, day there, when I was setting up my classes, I was speaking with the, the, the counselor and I mentioned that I really was interested in drawing cars. And so she says, oh, well, that's actually industrial design. And I switched majors just like that kind of Sight on scene, I was like, Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. So, uh, and then as soon as I had my first design class, uh, I knew that's where exactly I wanted to be. So, that's mm -hmm. kind of that changed the rest of the, the course of my kind of trajectory, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. And then, so went, went there, um, had a great time at Auburn. And then, when I graduated, uh, it was what 2002 ish, somewhere in there, yeah, 2002. And, um, the big goal in Auburn was to was to move to Atlanta. That's, that's that was kind of the biggest city where where all the design was. Mm -hmm. um, that didn't happen for me. I ended up moving down to, to Lower Alabama where my parents lived, and uh, I got a job doing graphic design. Um, it's kind of my first gig. I, I found a little ad in the paper. It was just like someone hiring a graphic designer. I was like, sure, sign me up. And um, so that was with a company that did uh, accident investigations, like that. Aircraft accident investigation. It's kind of random, but in the area where, where I was, uh, there's a lot of government work and a lot of uh, work with the army. There's a big uh, airfield down there, so I was doing kind of graphics, and we also did like training manuals mm -hmm. for uh, for flight crews to work on aircraft. And those were at the time those were either a massive book or they were on a CD-ROM. 
And so for the CD-ROM, you had to do an interface. So that was kind mm -hmm. of my first foray into like the graphic user interface. And the GUI was a big word at that time. And kind of <laughs> my first really understanding of like consistency, consistency when you're when you're laying things out so people can use and access information um, digitally, right? Mm -hmm. So doing that, I did that for a year. I got laid off, and then I ended up getting hired by the place next door. <laughs> which, which, randomly, um, they did um, flight simulator software. So this is like we created the visual world that you would fly through uh, in a plane, right? So that was really fun. It started to get me into the three D world back again, um, and I led a team of, 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 of folks who built all three models and built all the roads and the hills and everything. And it was kind of my job to go through and fly around literally all day long and, and like this video game, like fly around and check the work, um, which was cool for a That's while, but, cool. but there it started to get kind of anonymous and, and there was really no creativity to it because it, like, we had to build, we were building like chunks of land. Like they would be like build Mississippi to Florida all the way up to Tennessee. And, like this would be this one program. So we would have to map that all out. This was before there's like Google Earth and everything, so we had this high-resolution imagery with, uh, with satellite imagery, and we had to map that to uh, like elevation data, put it on 3D models and stuff. So really fun and interesting work, but but it was not industrial design, mm -hmm. not much true creativity to it. Um, randomly, you would put in like sort of little Easter eggs in a program. So if you fly to like one little random corner, you'd see somebody hanging on a tree or something. <laughs> Maybe I should. That's not for me. This was government. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that was, that was like two years or so, kind of going through that, and, then, and started to just really get a burning sense of like I'm not doing what I wanted to do, and I need to get refocused. Mm -hmm. That's kind of getting settled. So started updating my resume and, and, and website and all that stuff, and then just really started pushing out and finally made my way up to Atlanta. Uh, I got a job as an industrial designer in Atlanta with a company called Hobbs uh, Architectural Fountains. Which was a four-year-old uh, architectural water feature company. Um, so I was designing water fountains, water fountains all of a sudden. Um, not the kind of drink out of, but like big, uh, massive scale, custom, several hundred thousand dollar water features. Um, and so for that, I was working with architects and, uh, and other building planners and, and our team of engineers um, to craft water. Right, and so it was, it was a different kind of industrial design in that. Most of the stuff I made got buried in concrete or was or was underwater. So like the physical aspect of what the thing looked like really wasn't important. It just had to function. Um, and then the water as the end result, that was the product. You know, what what's the effect we're trying to get out of the water? So like that was kind of what we were designing. So worked there for like five years or so. It was really fun. We had um, a big tank in the back and just lots of prototyping and getting wet and, and playing with, with different jets and lights and square effects and uh, creating walls and um, just all kinds of stuff. So it's really interesting and like kind of a whole other world. I never realized that water features were a thing. Mm -hmm. um, this is like right around the time of like the Bellagio water feature was coming out. So um, the start of the game run in the 90s and like really mm -hmm. this kind of big sort of thing. And also mm -hmm. during that time, it was kind of a shift in the mindset of like working on a very small scale to uh, you know, product to working with sort of an environmental scale, where the sound of a water feature plays into some, someone's uh, experience with it, or, or how does the water feature translate to the rest of the environment, uh, the rest of the building? 
you're really starting to think about things like more like a system. And of course, you actually have like the literal system of the water, of, of the pump, the filter, through all the, all the electronics and everything else. So that kind of changed my mindset as well uh, for thinking about systems. Um, so that we also had a line of, uh, water, of water features for kids too. So that was fun. There's like holes sticking out of the ground that we powder coated and they sprayed water everywhere. So that was a lot of fun too. Um, so I just keep going. Then the next one was uh, with a company called In, In Reality, which started as Info Retail and changed it In Reality. But, um, during the economic turn around 2006, seven or so, mm -hmm. as you may guess, no one really wanted water fountains in their in their buildings. It was kind of an extravagance, and um, it, it, it also in that time in Atlanta there was a big drought going on. So like mm -hmm. in the south, like no one could even turn their fountains on. But um, so anyway, I, through IDSA, through a little random meetup, I got connected to this guy um, who became my boss uh, in reality. He hired me on there as an industrial designer. Um, and this, this was changing into doing retail spaces and showrooms, pop-up stores, point of purchase displays, mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things. And um, so I worked there for four or five years, um, started as a senior industrial designer, worked my way up to creative director, really started to get into service design there, a lot of like digital and physical uh, aspects of environments. Um, how do we make res responsive type environments? Um, how do we start tracking? How people move through the space and, and how how people buy things mm -hmm. in, in a different way than just a typical pulse event off the show. A lot of our clients, <clears throat> you're an agency, so a lot of our clients have products that you didn't typically just pick up off the shelf. It was things like tires, mattresses, um, other types of products that you only buy once every five, seven, ten years, mm -hmm. and almost like every time it's always you're starting over, there's almost always a sales associate involved. So it's sort of another kind of complex buying process. Mm -hmm. And again, there's a system. So the service aspect came into play, did a lot of in-store research, um, working with people in interviews, and kind of spending a lot of time in the stores, um, watching how people shop for, for different products. Yeah. Um, then I've got, kind of found my way out to San Francisco, my wife's also an industrial designer, so she got a job out here. Mm -hmm. um, so we moved, and I was able to stay with uh, in reality um, as a creative director, just remote. But over time, um, all the shiny design out here in San Francisco yeah. was too much to ignore. So I kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, I broke out, and I was I was doing freelance for a while. And my very last job before starting with IDSA was was working with an aircraft manufacturer. Kind of coming up with the future version or the future world of, uh, of urban aerial transportation. So, like drones, plenty of drones that can carry four or five people. We were working with Uber, who's their office is down the street from us now, mm -hmm. uh, to kind of develop this new transportation service. Uh, and that was super fun, super random. Um, it almost didn't even seem like a real job that I applied for, you know, just because it was. I didn't yeah. have any transportation experience, yeah. but somehow they, they let me on the team and it was really awesome. And got to go to Dubai and do some research out there. So it was really cool. And then that kind of ended. And as soon as that ended, I started working at IDSA full time. But leading up to IDSA, you were pretty involved yeah. regionally, right? In your local chapters? Yeah. So in that transition from Alabama to, to Atlanta, mm -hmm. that was like one of the first things I did was reach out to the, to the folks, the chapter in Atlanta. Yeah, I want to be involved. Like, 
where you do you have meetups? How can how can I help? Or how can I just go mm-hmm. to these things because I wanted to, to build my network and meet people. So that kind of started it. And working with the Atlanta chapter um, for the whole time I was in Atlanta, and then that led to doing district level work and doing district conferences and mm-hmm. working with other chapters in our area. Um, then I was on the board of directors for a couple of years, and then moved to, to out here in San Francisco. And did the same thing. It's like, I need to meet people, so mm-hmm. I instantly reached out to IDSA Network, and um, within a couple of weeks, you know, like I'm getting getting to meet people at Astro and, and Ammunition and Fuse Project, and so it like instantly gave me connection to some of these world class firms, and to, not to have an interview, but just to meet people, and mm-hmm. so just to kind of build a rapport. So. Um, Odyssey was always kind of that, that backbone. Sure. So then now that you're out here and um, you're the executive director of IDSA, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you were, I mean, I don't know how it works with IDSA because it just, it sounds like you moved up to, I guess, executive director is the highest title right of of uh within idsa um so you got to kind of experience and see everything yeah everything um, before that was, was all volunteer right when i was working full-time and this, this was just like something i did on the side mm-hmm. i enjoyed it it was, it was a way for sure it, you know yeah um but now this is yeah it's my full-time job um, mm-hmm. to, to do it and so it, it was unique in that i got i through that volunteer experience i got to see that side of the organization mm-hmm. Through the board of directors experience, I got to see a little bit of kind of behind the scenes on how the headquarter team works. Um, I got to meet a lot of them through that process as well. So when I started uh, as executive director, there was very little onboarding time. It, it gotcha. Was, like, so it was a smooth transition. Yeah, I mean, it, it was natural because I, I was working also with the board. I, there was a task force that was kind of looking at and questioning kind of our future. Mm. Um, and so I was working with them to kind of come up with some concepts. And so it was just sort of this perfect timing that as my job with the aircraft manufacturer was was, was closing down, um, the, the, the outgoing executive director had, had just retired. So it was sort of this perfect timing where mm-hmm. it made sense. And um, they asked me to step on uh, to sure. do the, the internal role. And at that time, I didn't know. And I was really honest with them. I was like, this, let's just do, do it for a year and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to design and I, I, don't, I didn't want to step away fully from that part of my career, but I also see this as also just another sort of big design project. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And now you come from a small town? Yeah, well, I was an army brat, so I moved around quite a bit. Oh, okay. Um, so we lived in a couple of different cities in the U.S., mostly in the South, and then, um, yeah. lived in Germany for, for six years. Um, but yeah. Uh, but we live in Enterprise, Alabama, which is kind of southeast corner. Yeah, southeast corner of Alabama, and then you know, it's Auburn. Okay. So did you? I mean, so then you you worked there, right? You said um, after graduating school, and uh, did you ever imagine that you would be here in San Francisco, executive director of IDSM? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it seems yeah, like but, a really like yeah, you know. Uh, not, I guess yes and no. I mean, um, when I was starting to learn about ID, San Francisco and California always like a like that was always our sort of a hub, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's everyone's dream. Yeah, and <laughs> you know when I was even before that, you know I was big into skateboarding and like okay. and California was big for yeah. that. So there was always kind of this imaginary draw yeah. here. Um, 
Actually, my, my father's last station on the, in the army was in San Francisco. Oh, nice. But we didn't move yeah. with him. We stayed in Alabama. Um, <laughs> and he came out here by himself. And, and so, like, even that, I wonder, like, yeah. it, was a, it was a permission. Or, like, I wonder, like, how my life would have been different if we had moved out here. Um, Thanks, Dad. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so he lived out here for a year by himself when he came home. But, yeah, um, that's cool. So there was always a draw, and I, I, even I think this area up in Northern California, for me more so than, than, than Southern California, I, I can't articulate why. I just always have a, a draw to it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, my wife's a industrial designer, so she also had the same similar aspirations. And so it was basically like the first, whichever one of us got an opportunity, for sure, first, we were going to make it happen. You know? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's that's really awesome. I mean. Um, so now that you're in this role of executive director, um, I mean, I, I mean, one, it's probably really awesome because you're able to really implement change and have, um, but is it also scary? Are you at times stressed out? I mean, I'm sure, you know, um, there's a lot of things that a lot of burden you know what tell us kind of what you go through you know i I think i really want people to know because you're it's you on the board right um if you want to kind of visualize if you want to tell us kind of i guess a day okay in your shoes as an executive director yeah um there's layers to that for sure i mean I did say it's 50 years old, yeah. so there's a tremendous amount of, of history there, legacy that um, that we need to respect. Yeah. Um, just about every prominent, important industrial designer that's come out of the United States in the last 50 years or before has been a part of our organization. So there's a tremendous, um, you know, core there that, that we need to all central, keep central. Um, then at the same time. Here we are at a, at a new kind of moment in, our, in the organization's history where, like, we've got to start making some substantial changes mm-hmm. or really be responsive to kind of like the new breed of designer and then like just all the technology and like the general world around us, where lots of associations, not just ours, have really struggled to kind of keep pace. And now that, that things are, are continually speeding up, like, we have to also be, be just as reactive. And hopefully get some space where we'll be proactive. But um, I told myself too, you know, when I was work, working with the board of directors, kind of thinking about this job, I was like, I didn't want to come in and, and do it half-assed either. Like, mm-hmm. There's been lots of, of, of work done with previous um, teams and previous board of directors and, and the previous executive director um, that have tried to make a positive impact. Some of it worked, some of it didn't, and I just felt like if, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really try to yep. take it to a whole other level. And for sure. I'm tired of having the same conversations for the past five years. Like, let's mm-hmm. really make some change. What should we do is going to maybe ruffle some feathers, um, which, it, which it has for sure. And so that's the second part of it is like dealing with the uh, like the people side of it and like the sort of the, the politics mm-hmm. and when you have the history that we have when you have members who have been there their whole career. Yeah. It can be really um, altering to have somebody new and some of this kid come in and like try to change things. Yeah. So but at the same time I feel like 
I'm not just a new person in this role. I'm, I have nearly 20 years of experience with the organization. So I've, I've been through a lot of, uh, of, of other people's attempts at trying to, to bring the organization up to speed. And um, like I said at the beginning, like I've, I've, I've seen it from all sides. Mm-hmm. So I can be, I've been that member who, who's wanted more from the organization and now I'm in a space where I can make it happen. No. So the daily life is, is, you know, lots of emails, lots of phone calls. Um, we're in the middle of a sort of a big organizational change. And so um, it's just kind of balancing a lot of things right now, re- realigning all the Legos so that we can build a new foundation and move forward. Yeah. And uh, I know that uh, when we were preparing for this interview, I had asked you to send me a high quality image that we were going to use to post to promote this. You sent me this image that you said it, it's kind of some symbols that represent the idea yeah. say. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit yeah, about that. Sure. Um, so in that image, there's three circles that have just been kind of rotated out or gridded out and then rendered up in a key shot. And then the center one is, uh, is the pillars. Mm-hmm. So IDSA has what we call the pillars. These have been as old as Moses. They've been around forever. Those pillars are education, advocacy, community, and, and information. Right? So that's kind of the, the mission statement of IDSA. You know, mm-hmm. we work to promote the, the professional industrial design through those four things. Um, that's always at the core. But at the same time, when I was reflecting on that, you could take out IDSA and those four things you could put in McDonald's or you could put in any other brand and they didn't, it, it, could, it could work for them. Mm-hmm. So while they were great for us and while they have a, a central purpose, um, they didn't have any kind of like emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So I thought we need something to complement those pillars. And so that's that, that's why there's a heart uh, in that grid. So that heart is what we're building as a manifesto. Right? So this is a, this is a reason for people to believe in what we're doing. The pillars that say what we're what we do in yeah. a very real practical way. Now let's talk about getting people emotionally connected to that. So we're working on a series of statements that that are kind of re, re, re reviving our life, right? So to speak, of, of giving us as a team, like the headquarters team, the, the board of directors, all the chapters, all the people uh, that may or may not want to be a part of. I say this manifesto is, is meant to kind of be that connection point uh, even to the extent that where it's like a love and hate situation yeah like either either you can get on board or you can't and uh it's it's also another one that's kind of drawing the lines in the same kind of harsh statement but it's like you know it's a coke pepsi it's mercedes bmw <laughs> it's like you know why you love these brands or you, or you don't um, mm-hmm. and we, we found ourselves with a wide sort of apathetic group in the middle who were like yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll be involved maybe not i don't care but i don't see the value I don't want an apathetic group. I'd rather have a whole lot of people who really, really love it and, and understand why. Mm-hmm. And then if I have people who hate it, cool, but at least they understand why too and, and they know very clear reasons. So that's that manifesto, that's the heart piece in the, in the, as part of it. And then the third one is um, is an eyeball, which is our future vision. So the, the, the pillars in the manifesto kind of lead to the future vision. So one of them says what we do, Another one says why we do it from an emotional standpoint, and then the vision says where we're going. Yeah. So those three things now outline publicly what we're doing. Right? Yeah. So now, now anybody who wants to be a part of our community should, you know, over time, really understand what, why, how, where we're going. Right. Um, also, they act as a filter too for new ideas. And so that we talk about a 50-year-old organization that we've done 
tremendous amount of, of different programs over the years um, that might live for five years or might they might be around while someone's fired up and then that person leaves or they get a new job and can't they can't participate anymore and the program dies down. Um, or we I get emails all the time like, hey, y'all should do this. You know, it'd be great if I did say to that. And so I now have this sort of filtering mechanism for mm-hmm. new ideas. Like they have to they have to align with our pillars. Right. It has to align with our manifesto mm-hmm. and it has to align with the future vision. And if it can't answer those, if it can't fit in those, mm-hmm. it might it doesn't mean it's a bad idea, it just needs to sort of get spit back out the cycle and sort of mm-hmm. retool until it until it aligns. Or maybe it just needs to say this is a great idea, let's put it to the side until something else is in place and then uh, you know then we'll have bandwidth to promote that. So right. those three pieces um I've been sort of harping about a lot with with, with members and with our uh, with our internal teams. Um, I shared them for the first time down in New Orleans at the International mm-hmm. Conference. Um, I'm sure I'll share them again uh, in Chicago later this year. Um, but for me it's 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 they're they're guideposts and it's they're Irrescutable, right? That's not, that's not the word, but indisputable. Yep. You know? So it becomes clear yep. we're not going to go and all of a sudden be an organization for uh, you know a group of uh, people who love cheetahs or, or a group of people who love you know to do cheese. Yeah. Like right. we are an industrial design organization, and so sort of right here in the manifesto, and it says so in the pillars. And so we, this is the foundation of for what our program is built on. Yeah. So. Well, that's yeah, that's that's amazing. That's a really good kind of structure to have. Um, are you the youngest executive director in the history of ISA? I don't know. I've been thinking about that lately, just because you know, as in me as an ISA member and going through school and getting to know people from you know the national, I've always been like, oh, you know, all these older, yeah. you know gentlemen who have been you know and and you know like things are changing right and and you i mean you know more than anyone you're in san francisco one of the most progressive cities and design here is all walks of life yeah um so that's kind of exciting i mean i don't know if you are the youngest executive director and if you are that's kind of awesome because you you know there's a new generation like you said of a breed of designers that um you know, shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. Um, well, and that, that's a big part of it too. I mean, um, so IDSA's office is in Herndon, Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful town. It's right outside of Dulles Airport. Um, but there's not much design there, right? Um, mm-hmm. You could name the top 50 design cities in the country. Herndon probably wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> um, but there's a great talent pool for professional uh, association. Mm-hmm. Um, managers there. There's a great talent pool for um, for advocacy with, with uh, government institutions. And so that's kind of why the organization was originally set up there. Actually, it was in D.C. for a while and then it moved out to Herndon. And then it was originally founded, uh, we're actually incorporated in New York. So it's kind of migrated around over the years. With me being in, in San Francisco, that was also a big kind of cultural shift in, in stating that we don't need the physical location of Herndon to limit what kind of talent we bring in or, or how we go about uh, supporting our community, right? One of our biggest uh, membership communities is here in San Francisco. So it makes sense for us to have mm-hmm. uh, some sort of presence here. 
Um, San Francisco, Chicago, and New York are our three biggest communities which you follow closely, I think by Seattle and Atlanta. So any of those cities could make sense for, for IDSA to have an official presence, same with myself, but just that because I happen to live here, right. it makes sense. Um, one thing I'll say too, like there's always been, I don't know if I'm the youngest executive director, but there's always kind of been a pendulum swing of finding somebody with an industrial design background or just a design background going on one end and then all the way to somebody with like a professional association experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, the previous guy was sort of on, on the other end of the spectrum and he did a lot for organization and helping us re uh, retool and, and get, get realigned like financially and operationally. But there, there was a lack in, in sort of the design sensibility. So like now we're kind of swinging back gotcha. to the design side of things and, and uh, what I'm focused on is really like the front end of what we do, like our service, mm -hmm. our brand, um, those kinds of things that, that are, are sort of the front-facing touch points of, of how a member, but just a person in the creative space, person in the creative community, would interface with us. Gotcha. Now, do you also want to build your internal team in that way, where you get industrial designers so they're able to relate to the members are able yeah. to, I mean, they're, you know, they're in the industry as opposed to, you know, um, people from different disciplines who are, might be really good at event coordinating or logistics, yeah. but there is a disconnect with, yeah. with who they're working for, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, so I actually just this week, we just posted four new job positions. Um, one of which is uh, a visual brand design, so that's kind of the only creative one. But the other ones all have uh, listed in the job description. Is ideally, this person has some sort of affinity, has some knowledge, has some understanding of mm -hmm. industrial design or just design in general or like arts. Like we want, I want people on the team who right. are can connect in to to what we're doing, even if they don't know truly what industrial design is. I can teach them about that, but. Also, it's, I think it's really important for the folks that are doing camera facing things for marketing mm -hmm. um, and, and our visuals. They need to have an understanding of industrial design pretty well now yep. because they need to create things that attract an industrial designer's eye. So, so for those roles, yeah, I, I, I want somebody who, who, you know, maybe they have worked at an ID firm, mm -hmm. still in the graphic space, but they've worked with industrial designers. Um, and then because I'm out here, we're, we're looking to build a team out here, so we're really going to create this what we're calling two centers of excellence where mm -hmm. operations and sort of management is still going to happen in, in Virginia, mm -hmm. but creativity, uh, all of our communication and outreach and community stuff is going to happen here in San Francisco. But that, that said, like if I find somebody who's awesome in Des Moines, Iowa, or anywhere else, then I, sh I want the talent to, mm -hmm. to drive the team that we build gotcha. versus location. Right. Yeah, so then, um, well, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, look on our website. Those of you, if you're looking yeah. for jobs, visual brand designer. Uh, for jobs. We're looking for a community manager, looking for an events coordinator, and for more than I'm blanking. So, so <laughs> assistant, yeah. assistant to the executive director. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this year has been a very interesting year. Communications, that's it. Okay, marketing there you go. Communications, yeah. marketing communications. Um, it's been a very interesting year for IDSA because ever since I've been associated with the brand as a member, 
and as being now part of the leadership board in Chicago, you know, there's been a Midwest conference, there's been regional conferences, um, and you guys are kind of shaking that up, right? And um, that did not sit well with many people, um, just because I'm in education and, you know, educators, um, it's really funny. When you need something, they don't reply to your emails, but then something happens and people are are a huge chain of emails. But... um, I know, you know, you, you're responsible for implementing some of this vision. And like you said before, like, you're going to ruffle some feathers. Like, people are not going to be happy. And um, there is tradition, like you said. There's people that have been committed to IDSA probably financially, too, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you implement change? And it's just really hard to make people make – you can't make everyone happy. Right. Yeah, um, so the district design conference change this year was, was significant. No one takes that lightly, mm-hmm. myself included. I, I was a student, I've gone to those as a student, right. even as a professional. I've, I've helped put them on. Mm-hmm. I know how powerful and how beneficial they can be. They can be is the key word because when you look at them as a whole, as a program, and over, as a program over time, they were really struggling mm-hmm. um, on lots of different levels. And that discussion was happening when I was on the board of directors. Kind of, what do we do with these things? How do we reinvigorate them? Mm-hmm. What can we get to change? How can we lower costs but still meet expectations? There's always this sort of friction there with, with them. Um, and you know, fast forward to November 2018, and it's like I'm about to push send on this email that said. <laughs> You know, hey, we're gonna get rid of VCs, and like, yeah. I was, you know, shaking. It was, it was a very, very sort of fixating moment for me, because um, I acknowledging like what this is about to do, um, and then in January, like, it kind of went quiet. We sent out that email, didn't really hear too much back, and then like in January, as schools are starting to ramp up, the bus starts building, to pay what's happening, and then next thing you know, I'm on the phone all day long. Right. But um, I, I knew that was coming, and, and I certainly expected it, and I'm happy to, to connect with everybody and talk about these things. So, But what this does is that there was no way to kind of retool the, the DDCs at the same time as when we were actually doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, even beforehand, a couple of years ago, there was, a, there was a talk about like reducing from three to five, or five to three. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, how do you pick which two you get rid of? That's, and how right. do you do that in a fair way? And then so I was like, all right, let's sort of just kind of pull the bandaid off and just do it all. Um, and what that allows us to do is now I can rethink and, and the entire way that I support schools, mm-hmm. students, and the academic community as a whole. Um, also, I really hope that it's kind of a kick in the pants for uh, chapter leaders, the professional chapter leaders specifically, that they have a a, a tremendous opportunity and, and sort of sense of agency to start pouring together uh, their own resources mm-hmm. to, to connect their local communities. So um, because I'm not spending a lot of resources, time, my staff time, money, and building out the DDCs, I can now divert that to other things mm-hmm. like professional chapters, better training tools for them. I can, I can now connect to the actual programs that lots of the schools are already doing, the, you know, the product work and, and those kinds of things. Those were those are have been going for, for many years. Those are awesome. They're somewhat our our competition for DDCs mm-hmm. in a way. And those were all often offered at a very discounted price. 
um, figuring what we could do. And so like, we just couldn't compete, and I didn't want to compete with those. But if I can support them in a, in a different way, then to me that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Now I can be in lots of places at once mm -hmm. versus having this one central, uh, very expensive, very sort of model program that was the DTCs. And they were just kind of hard to maintain, they were hard to ship. Um, I think we were always, every year too, just missing the expectations of the students, which was unfortunate and it was hard to witness. Um, because those things were meant to be a connection point for students and, and educators or and professionals. Um, they were meant to be a, a space where students can see what professionals are, are doing uh, through the presentations and panel discussions and all that stuff, and then meet with them for the portfolio reviews and you know, maybe get a job and all that kind of stuff. And that that was just in, also in slow decline. And like there there wasn't a way that I felt that we could rebuild them at the same time that, that we're doing the same old thing. Yeah. So let's just cut it, which is harsh. Cut it, give us some space to re rebuild, mm -hmm. and then and we'll, we'll be launching new things over time. So we have these two deep dives that we're doing this year. Um, it's kind of a, a retooled event. Um, they're doing two of them in, in 2019, and these are professionally focused events. Um, but it's been my experience that if I can get a bunch of professionals in a room, I can get students in it. Mm -hmm. And the students who choose to invest in being in that room with those professionals for that event uh, will be that much more engaged and, and that much more sort of dedicated to being there. Um, I think there's a protest going on. San Francisco, by the way. But, um, so, lost my train of thought. Well, the, so, deep, yeah. the deep dive. Yeah, yeah, so the deep dive is coming up. So one's in, in, in October for, for medical design. Right. Next one's in, and then we have one in May here. Here in San Francisco for women in design. Which is uh, pretty sweet. Coming up. Yeah. Important to note, though, we've had a women in design group since 1993. Mm -hmm. This is not a new fad for ISA. This has been a, a professional group and professional associate, no. uh, you know, sort of community that we've been trying to support for, for no. a long, long time. But yeah, the event here is going to be awesome. Um, and then over time, we want to build in more of those deep dives, potentially yeah. even to the space where we're having five of those now, one in every region. Yeah. And then now that gets us back to having one sort of local event mm -hmm. in every region, every district uh, of our community. That's great. The International Design Conference is coming to Chicago. Right. Which we're really excited about because we're Chicago based. Um, I know I'm involved with Paul Hatch to help in any way that we can. Um, but uh, how were you able to determine? Because last year it was in New Orleans. Yeah. And now it's coming to Chicago. Why should people? Well, one, I know why people should come to Chicago. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, but why should people come to the I, you know, the International Design Conference yeah. specifically? So the one we did in New Orleans was kind of the first step in retooling the whole International Design Conference brand and program as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, we really took out, from a branding standpoint, we kind of lowered IDSA from the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. This is just a design conference. Anybody who's interested in creativity and design should be interested in this conference. We didn't want it to be seen as something exclusive only to industrial design members or IDSA members. But now that this is that's kind of part of the branding structure. But then we just had to, again, kind of keep pace with what's going on. Our events were being compared to South by Southwest yeah. or to Adobe Max mm -hmm. or any of these other events that are like on a whole nother scale, but yet our, our experience was being compared to those. Mm -hmm. So we needed to keep pace. We needed to change things in order to do that. So that means bringing in uh, higher caliber speakers, shortening the program, making it super condensed, super focused, um, 
taking it out of a hotel, doing it in a really inspiring space. So that's what we that's what we sort of prototyped in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, we chose New Orleans because it's an awesome town. We know it doesn't have a, like a maybe a great like design industrial design community there, but there is a sense of resurgency and a sense of, of uh, sort of. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that's why we chose New Orleans. And then Chicago, um, we chose Chicago really, a lot of it was because of teams like yours that they're, they're doing awesome things. There's a massive design community there, massive architecture history there. Uh, so we want to be able to celebrate that and fold in those layers to the actual conference experience. It'll still keep the two day format that we did in New Orleans, still have MCs involved. Um, it's also uh, happening with a, what we call industrial design bias, meaning that even though it's open to everybody, we want UX, we want service, we want features, we want all these different design communities there, we want to make sure that we're still keeping at the core industrial design. Mm -hmm. So what I've been saying is like, if there's 10 people on the stage over the course of the day, six of them should should be industrial design in some way, mm -hmm. and then the other four maybe are, are something kind of outside. Right. That way we're always kind of keeping core to our purpose, and even if one of the designers started in ID and then they, they're through their, their career and now they're in some other space. Being able to tell that that story and being able to share how their, their career went, I think it's important for, for us to hear as an audience. So why should people go? It's because it's going to be an awesome event. It's going to be yeah. in Chicago, which is a beautiful, amazing city. Um, and we're really looking to, to capitalize on, on what we built in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of great feedback on the changes that we did there. I think we, we hit a lot of marks from a, mm -hmm. from a new type of experience. So we're looking to just amplify that and, and continue the pace. Gotcha. That's great. I, I have a couple of questions to ask you. Um, one of them is which one is your favorite IDSA chapter? <laughs> Boom. I, I, I can't. No, no, no favorites. Um, they're all like my babies, right? They're all special in, in unique ways. All right, that's fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good class to get out. <laughs> I love all my kids. Yeah. Right, mom. <laughs> the oldest one. Um, okay, that, that wasn't the question. Um, <laughs> what? Um, man, I, I also lost my train of thought. What is something people should get excited about IDSA? Is there something that you can maybe not release in full, but maybe leak something? I don't yeah. know if that's the right way of saying it, yeah. but why should people be like, oh man, like, you know, yeah. we should start to prepare to get excited or, or, or get excited now and, and, yeah. and see kind of what's coming. Cause you're the visionary. Yeah. You're, you're the, Steve Jobs, if I just say, oh, right, right in the West Coast, this uh, is kind of the perfect timing. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, great question. I, I think the International Design Conference is, is remains is kind of the, the first and uh, sort of proof point of, mm -hmm. of sort of flag in the ground of, what, of the different type of experience that we're trying to build, not only for our members, but also just the general community as a whole. Um, what I'm most excited about is, is, is like the, the, the revised branding pieces that, we, that I spoke about mm -hmm. earlier um, and being able to, to improve our service, right? So a lot of times when, when you're having, not to throw my board of directors under, but like when you get in those kind of meetings, sometimes it's like, we need these big grandiose ideas. Like we gotta have a new program that does this. So we gotta have mm -hmm. completely changed things. Now we did do this, we did change the BDCs and that's big, but like, 
sometimes there's there's a, a, a motivation to add new things. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times this year I've been pushing back and saying, you know, like, no, like we just need to like answer our emails within 24 hours or like call people back or like we just need to improve our service. There's lots of very small things that we can do that really start to have an impact on our chapter leaders mm-hmm. and the community as a whole. So there's there's lots of small things like that that have already been in place. We've done a tremendous amount of work on our back end, like our, on our software, mm-hmm. uh, to improve the service there and like improve how our payments go and all those kinds of things. And so these those will hopefully will over time add up too. And like they're not the most sexy things, but they do have a tremendous impact. Well, they they matter. Yeah. People notice the small stuff, yeah. right? Like oh, I emailed that essay and you know they got back to me immediately. Like yeah. that, the very the smallest of things will 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 tell someone about yeah. the organization and the customer service behind it. So. Yeah. So that that's a big change, and sort of it's, it's a cultural shift too. And mm-hmm. that's another reason why I think I was asked to, to take on the role is because we wanted our organization to be design forward, to to kind of take that approach, um, and think about our what we did as a service. Mm-hmm. How can we improve that service when we're doing new ideas and kind of thinking through like let's let's map it out, let's do the journey, like let's mm-hmm. use. Let's practice what we preach, basically. Right. And so that's what I've been doing a lot of with, with our internal team. It's kind of sort of teaching them how to think through challenges from a design standpoint. Right. And then roll it out uh, and prototype and be iterative and like not be so scared to, to, to try new things. Um, so that's that's part of what I'm, what I'm really excited about. I mean, like I said, I, I have, I'm looking forward to building in new tools to help our chapter leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking to actually expand our chapter footprint, so look for new cities popping up um, over the next year um, and, and more, hopefully, in time. Um, we've got a couple of interesting kind of international partnerships in the early stages of, of working where we might be able to, to bring our designers uh, to China to work with team here or, or, or to other, other, other places. So there's there's a couple interesting things in the works that, that are that are going to be unique to IDSA and sort of another sort of reason to reason to belong. Um, but the biggest piece is also just like kind of rebuilding the brand as a whole and like mm-hmm. just kind of being a service to the community. Like yeah. I don't need everybody to be a member of you know a paid member, mm-hmm. but I but I, I need everybody to be a part of the community and to be a positive force within that community because we're we're better together. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's what we're trying to do. I do have a set of rapid fire questions that I want to ask you. All right. Uh, yes or no. Um, and uh, some of them are curveballs. So, uh, <laughs> um, yes or no. and we're just, yeah, you might be like, oh, I don't know. You know, yeah, they might not be yes or no. You, we might have to. <laughs> um, but just to kind of, I don't know, we just want to make this a little fun. Right, cool. So, um, again, just. These are questions that I or someone else or other people have gave me, so um, do not hold this against me. <laughs> uh, so we're just gonna go. Um, okay. Um, do you like blue foam dust? I like actually the, the one that the one that was just posted the other day with, with like the dude um, importing your model and it's like on a oh like you shot the rhino the rhino yeah. freaking hilarious yeah so yes. I just say the I just say account does not like does not follow blue phone dust yet, um, because one of y'all one of y'all first posts was kind of throwing some shade at us, but whatever. I figured any any news was good news. Um, 
Well, you know, I, actually, I use I, I use that post that you know this was supposed to be a yes no answer. <laughs> I use that post to motivate your team. Um, yeah, and, and I thought actually like it's very indicative of kind of the the historical perspective of the community on the organization, right? So like there was a lot of truth to it, and a lot of it is is honestly nothing nothing that we didn't already know, mm-hmm. but to see it put like that mm-hmm. is kind of eye opening. Um, and also, and also quite motivating. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm looking forward to the next one where, where, where maybe, maybe it's a different perspective on the organization. We'll see. But we also talked about um, having blue foam dust at the IDC. You know, so if you can help me get connected to them, let's talk. Check y'all are out there. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, other rapid fire questions. Um, uh, are you is IDSA redesigning the, the IDSA website? Uh, there's talk about it. Okay. But yeah. Um, there, there too. Like the the, the design mm-hmm. is whatever, but like the content can be improved. So we, if we can just make small changes to our content, no, yeah. the design, the kind of design will follow. Will, no, but yes, there are there are, there's talks of doing more something more significant. Okay. Um, are you going to sue the Infectious Disease Society of America? <laughs> we, we, they they did actually. We did file papers to them. This is book well before like that. a tra- like trademark. Yeah, it's because they they straight up took our logo. Like oh really? That's oh this one. Yeah, with the letters. Uh, I yeah. do yeah. On that's website. like they they yeah straight up have yeah this this like type and that's typeface. one of the primary reasons why four or five years ago whenever it was. We decided that our logo is, is vertical. Yeah. To try to separate it from, from the way they do it. Uh, but yeah, we've we've tried to. We've, no coincidence there. Huh? No, there's been several conversations with them wow. over the years. We always get mixed up with them on Twitter, so it's like. <laughs> That's right. I always. You're like, nope. We're the industrial designer <laughs> side of America. It's the whole uh, WWF situation. Yeah. Um, so, um, all right, other rapid fire questions. I'm blanking because I, I have them all in my mind. Um, <clears throat> is student membership going to decrease? Is it? Well, I'm not, not fortunate. I wouldn't, be, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's an yeah. impact because of the district uh, conferences yeah. in, the, in like a year or two. But yeah. um, I think. It's important for students, you know, this is one of the questions that you and I talked about too, like the value of the student membership. Yeah. It's important to think about it as, as a long-term thing. This, this IDSA is a service for your entire career. And if, and if we can't support you for whatever reason in your student, during your student years, then cool. But you might pick us back up when you're a young professional or during your right. five, 10 years in your career. So I, I, I don't really look at it like as a, black, white, hot, cold, you know, to these different groups, because I think we can support the entire arc of your career um, in one way or another. And like, like I said, I, I don't need you to be a member all the time, but I need you to be a, a member of the community, yeah. you know, a participant in the community. Like, to me, that's more important. If you, there's other ways that you can be involved with ISA than just like swiping your card every, once a year to, right. to be a member. So. And I, th- I think one of the, the the pillars from the symbols that you talked about, the emotional part, whenever I think of IDSA, I don't think of any of the work that I've done with the Chicago chapter. I don't think of, you know, the Midwest conferences or anything like that. I think of 
um, the, I think of the memories I had when I was an undergrad student. And I think of the people and the, the relationships I've made all through IDSA. Um, and that just kind of stays with you forever. Sure. Whenever um, I got on the phone a couple weeks ago with um, Alex Lobos, who's a professor at RIT, and he put me to, you know, in contact with the, the RIT IDSA chapter because, you know, they have thought I work there. So they're almost like, you know, almost competing for students mm -hmm. to you know uh their attention right um and uh so alex is like hey can can you kind of give some insights on you know uh, the, the the student chapter on how they should um help you know get students involved with isa some activities and um my answer was i just referred back to that like you know like ideas say you know, it could be a very educational thing, but you could also make it social and you can build some, you know, some of these design activities during these social settings. When I was an undergrad, once a year, we used to go canoe. We used to go canoeing down this river in downstate Illinois. Um, it was awesome. And it was just like, uh, we didn't talk about design. We didn't talk about anything else. But we did a lot of like team building things, a lot of, and it was just, that's the stuff I remember about IDSA, just the, and that's just, as an undergrad, students yeah. should really explore that too, not just the crazy, like, you know. And that's a whole other side of it. I mean, that, that's stuff, that's, that's events that are being put on and, and sort of self-perpetuating by the local team. Mm -hmm. Right. Going on, on, on a canoe trip. Like, the headquarter team is not going to facilitate that for you, right? But you can do that at the local level, and and that's the that's the kind of special pieces, special part of what the association is because it's a platform for that kind of stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. um, the personal one on one connections also is part of our it's part of the focus. I mean, that's what we always are always historically have been good at. Those are the moments that I rely on. If you talk to somebody who's been with the organization for fifty years, that's the, more than likely that's the last that's, that's the first thing they'll tell you too is that. Meeting people one on one is, is the most important part of why they participate. No, nope. um, so that's what all of our focus for the next couple of years is going to be on. Like, how do we drive people to get together in a room together? Because that's what's important. No, nope. um, to meet one on one. No, nope. um, yeah, and there's there's room. There's a lot of room for other organizations to exist. Yeah. Ideas say you you know like I you said been around forever and thought of work is happening. You know you have course in seven. You have our team. Um, and our audience are all the same. It's the same audience, right? Um, so I think working together and making sure that, um, you know, the, the message of being a part of a design community is, yeah. is, is the forefront of everything that we do. So, um, but that's pretty much it. Chris, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for meeting with us here live in San Francisco. I can't stress that enough because one of my favorite cities. Um, yeah. But things are moving. Things are happening internally. New things are coming for IDSA. Um, be on the lookout. You know, um, advanced design sketching essentially came out of IDSA. I'm the still, I'm the Chicago chapter chair of IDSA um, in Chicago and awesome things are happening there. And um, 
everywhere else every like this whole like there's a lot of awesome things that are happening um and it's funny because we we are in san francisco we were touring some design firms and um uh, someone um had mentioned uh, when we were talking to some designers about how um it's really awesome that um you know we 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 kind of shed light on the designers that don't have a big stage you know like um you know, it's it's a pretty. It, I would get pretty tired, and it'd probably be redundant to get some of these high-profile designers to keep talking about the same message. But mm-hmm. the local chapters are a great way to really seek out some of these like behind-the-scenes young, talented sure. designers that aren't Isbahar or okay. aren't the Johnny Ives. You know, like mm-hmm. there's some really good people doing really good work at a local level. Yeah, the, the so, chapter here in SF is been doing almost a one event per month it's, it's they're on a crazy pace but this is the same thing when i was doing the chapter in atlanta too yeah. like reaching out to my network there like trying to celebrate the, the up-and-coming community and like giving them an opportunity to speak mm-hmm. uh, to, to be in public and kind of present their work it was, was kind of a new experience for them and it's a learning opportunity it's a leadership opportunity for them yeah. um so yeah like it, 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 i say is a, is a it's a two-way street and then it evolves some level of participation on both sides of the fence, you know? No. Um, that said, I, I know I can do a lot better and I plan to do a lot better with my team on how we meet your expectations. And so that's what I'm gonna be working on. And um, it's, it's, I'm just basically trying to build a platform that celebrates the work of industrial design, bottom line. And you can participate and I can put you on the website and I can celebrate your work or you can find other platforms. There's plenty out there. No. Um, but I, and like I said, I, I don't want it to be a, a, a competition space. It, it, this is about community. Uh, and it's about, for us, putting people in the same room together to meet and build, build lifelong connections, network, friendships, and uh, help people find jobs and all this kind of good stuff. So yep. I appreciate your support and, and uh, looking forward to, to supporting your sketching events and everything we do in the future. So I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this will go up on our Instagram stories and we'll put it up on our website. We'll share with you guys and um, tune in for our next uh, podcast. So appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks. Bye-bye.